Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insight. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Jordan Fermanis, Peter Cockhill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing why firms are not democracies. Um, Nick. Um, ah. One of the great things about running a firm is that you, you get to be a rampant dictator yes, yeah, with yes. an iron fist. Yes. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, democracy is supposed to be good and everything. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it is actually quite a good question posed by one of, I'd say, one of the members of the Aleph team. I don't know what they were driving at, but the question is... <laughs> we squashed it quickly. Yeah, yeah. the rebellion was quickly yeah, snuffed out. down on that. Yeah. Um, is why firms aren't generally democracies. Now, precisely what that means, we will get into. But, mm. you know, democracy is supposed to be good, right? We mm. certainly think countries which are democracies are It's a byword. It's almost unchallenged, isn't it? Yeah, it's, a, yeah. yeah, it's been the, the consensus for some time now has been that being a democracy is better for various reasons, which we'll probably want to get into. So why aren't companies generally democracies for the people who work there nice um so uh jordan can you pick this up i think especially thinking about um well how do firms operate what are the political structures in place yeah so i thought about this and i took the idea of, of, of corporations i suppose rather than firms i think it was easier to sort of think about corporations because yeah. okay other there's all different sorts of shapes and sizes of firms, but corporations, I think, for sake of argument, is just the easiest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it seems as though there are different there are different arrangements. So like, I think um, you could see them as already operating as democracies because they have shareholders. Shareholders have a, 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 have a vote. A vote and a, and a value, an investment in the, in the company. Um, so that's a sort of way that perhaps they maybe already operate as in some sense as a democracy. Yeah, and there's accountability in what you've said there, yeah. There's obviously also a dictatorial element to um, corporations in some sense. Um, I think the difference is that dictators can force citizens to comply, whereas corporations can't really use force against their em employees or customers. We try. But <laughs> <laughs> they keep saying it's illegal and stuff. <laughs> Um, also, corporations generally have to keep their customers happy, right? Whereas, like dictators, don't necessarily need to keep the citizens happy. They right. just do it as they please. But they do sort of. They can probably sometimes feel like they're dictatorships because of the lack of power that maybe some of the uh, some of the staff have. Um, there's also a sense in which they're oligarchies. Um, there's a CEO, head of government, um, if you will, and, and, and the state. And then you have his commissars, his, his ministers, yeah. the board of directors. Um, so the, the, the management structure um, can probably sometimes look like, uh, an, an, you know, like an, an Italian aristocratic republic rather than a, um, a modern liberal cool, democracy. Cool, I like that. I think that, that would be a good model to <laughs> yeah, go for. Yeah, that's what yeah. Do we for? get to wear elaborate 17th century garments? <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> but you get, as you say, you get all those sort of what appear to be closed off uh, special privileges, like here's the key to the, the executive washroom and stuff. But I think one of the things that you said there is really important is that they appear to be like that. But but if you think about how the, how those people are appointed, I think it can be very different. But anyway, sorry, you go on. 
Um, and then I guess there's also a communist kind of element as well. Um, there's this overriding authority at the top uh, and the rank and file sort of have little say in, in, uh, in, in what, what goes on. Mm. Um, but I do think at the end of the day, though, that uh, even though they're sort of, they, they, there are sort of elements and, the, yeah, as you were saying, there are ways that you can sort of read in these things to, to, to companies and corporations. I don't really buy the idea that they are sort of like for like. I, th I think ultimately a, a corporation or a company has a very different purpose uh, to, a, uh, to a government. Yeah, and that might be the answer to our question. Uh, Peter? So, yeah, pur purpose is definitely important. I, I, I came up with a, a five or six. I haven't quite decided how they break down, but kind of... Um, is it a framework? No, it's not a framework. But they, but they are, they are, they are sort of principles or they're dimensions ah, that uh, that, nice. that kind of help you get your head around it, what. It's, makes, a fra it's a framework. That sounds what, like a framework what to me. Makes, <laughs> what, makes, what makes government and business different? And goals. So goals was the first, the big one. Really, is they're doing very different things. Right? That's true, actually. Yeah. Um, so I say, in broad terms, I say, business's role is to maximize efficiency. Really, is to maximize how the best use of whatever resource it's got to accumulate more resource is really what a corp corporation but is also there. a business has to make money yeah yeah right but it's, it's kind of it's this modus of randos to do that so that's the, it's that's this it only really exists to do that one thing mm. accumulate more resource by being as efficient as possible with whatever resource it's got um whereas government isn't really that's not its main driver government's main driver is to kind of maximize the spread of overall goodness to all of its all of its citizens, to the people in its jurisdiction, yeah, yeah. So they and they're trying to and they they're trying to maximize, you know, also they've got different times of goodness, but you're trying to make the you know lives of of your citizens overall as good as possible. So you're trying to maximize it. Now that might be that mean you are you treat different types of people preferentially in yeah. different ways, but might you, mean you invade the next door country. It might mean yeah. that you raise tax, whatever it is. Yeah. So I know, I know, I know we're only halfway, through, but I think I just want to make an important distinction here as well, because I, I was initially confused, but yes, Peter is saying that the citizens of a country, the relationship they have to the government is different in that respect. But I think it's probably worth saying that the civil service, which is an organization that the government uses to do its job mm -hmm. is much more like a firm and is organized like a firm. The civil service isn't a democracy, even though it is part of government and it's but, the organ that the government yeah, uses to... But it's still very different aims. Well, not really. I mean, actually, you know, there is outputs that you're trying to achieve. Okay, there isn't a price mechanism okay. as such, but there's still outputs you're trying to achieve with inputs and they very much care about efficiency and that sort of thing. But I think Peter's talking about the citizens of a government and what and what the government does for them in a sense. We're not talking Their about customers. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. What we're not talking about um you know the people uh, who work yeah. for the civil service yeah. which is yeah, 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 just yeah, exactly. a way it does that thing. Sure. Yeah. Uh just briefly then sort of the the resources mainly the types of resources and the well the levers of power that businesses versus government have so businesses really have people and money and that's about it really anything can be translated into one of those two things whereas governments all got subtly different things they got all be translated into money ultimately but <clears throat> the thing that can't be is the the estate the sort of the sovereign estate that they, that is ruled that the, the only way you can affect that is really by invading other people to get more of it yeah. mm. Um, so so they've got very different powers. Very different sort of sort of things you can power base, if you like, that gives you you know gives you influence. 
size businesses generally much smaller than governments and that, you know, on kind of most dimensions like throughput turnover whatever you want to call it and then but the, another key one though is freedoms right so what things a business and a, or a government can get away with and this includes a bunch of things like businesses can choose where they trade uh, they can choose what products and services they trade so they've got a great deal of freedom in what they do government can't do that government how there's an expectation on government to provide certain uh, provide certain services to provide security and and uh, defense and etc cetera, etc cetera. um so they've got lots of more freedom in that respect however um oh you know the the and, and another freedom is comes from is comes from the sort of the the ownership uh who who owns it right so who owns the government well everybody owns the government mm. um uh, so everyone's got a bit of a say uh, in how it's run, um, uh, but it means it, it kind of can't just go left to field and just do a thing, because it's got to get quite a lot of consensus from lots of different people, which is good, right? That's the old checks and balances. Whereas a business kind of can, because it can, it can, as long as it, the shareholders are happy, even if the shareholders aren't happy, it can force a sale on you know from from shares and stuff. So yeah. it can do pretty much do what it wants. So there's a great deal of freedom. So uh, that, and that, in, that, in that kind of area, you don't need democracy. You can get away, you can be efficient without it. Absolutely. That, that was really nicely set out, Peter. Um, I liked that. Um, uh, Nick? So I think the key, Peter's last one there, I think, is actually the key determinant here, <clears throat> which is ownership. Mm. Um, the reason, there's, stop thinking about governments for a sec, but you know the reason that firms have different um, levels of control with different people is because of who owns them. That is what explains almost everything about the different kinds of structures you have in firms. So um, if you have a uh, publicly traded company, it's owned by whoever wants to buy a share in it. Hey, Presto, you've got a vote. Brilliant. You, it's, it is a democracy of shareholders. Um, you know, if you have, a, like Aleph, small number of shareholders, three directors, um, you know, we ultimately get votes because we actually own it. And I mean, the... The whole point of ownership is that is the same as having control over how something is used, yeah. right? So, I mean, who is, you know, take your mobile phone. Is there a democracy about how to use your mobile phone? No. Even if you lend some, lend it to someone else, you don't suddenly both decide how it, you know, it's yours. You own it. That's why you have sole control over it. And it, then if we say, well, what would a democratic firm look like? It would be... Um, one owned by the employees. Will such things exist? Yeah, cooperatives. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Cooperatives are exactly that. So, in in a um, uh, you know, so the one of the definitions of a cooperative company is that um, it's uh, you, you know obviously owned by the workers, and if workers leave, they stop owning that. And the, there's no such the firm doesn't own the assets of the firm. For example, typically it, it, they're sort of held in trust, um, and there you get democracy. Of course, you do because the people who own it have to make a decision and they do that because you can't use something which belongs to someone without asking them if it's okay. So I think really why different firms seem to have different sorts of types of control is explained by who owns them. But that really is pushing the question further down the line because it's now why do we have owners, why, do, why are firms typically owned by, you know, either a very large number of people or a very small number of people? Why don't you get more worker-owned firms. Yeah, because it's about access, isn't it, to... I mean, not everyone can be a shareholder, for example. Um, and 
yeah, it certainly doesn't feel, yeah, it feels a long way from a democracy sometimes or often. Um, Jordan? Is it also something to do with like accountability is that like governments have voted in, whereas companies and corporations are like, they're, I mean, they're, they're sort of, they're only existing at the whim of their shareholders and, uh, and, and they, they sort of work in the interest of the company and the shareholders. Whereas governments, while they have power, it's contingent on the fact that they're continually voted back into by elections. But also I think one of the reasons why firms don't look like democracies is because we see them in contrast to what we think or know as a democracy, i.e. you know, in our country, and for whom that firm operates in its interests, because it's a more narrowly defined, um, let's call it an electorate for a moment, yeah? Because um, whilst you might have um, a company uh, uranium mining inc that's got its shareholders it's got its um, board it's good they're all elected etc and so in that sense it's a democracy but it operates first of all within a democ and a country let's say that actually is a democracy and that's where you start to go well hold on it's the interest here uh, uh, in contrast something that we feel definitely isn't a democracy and two if it's huge uranium mining international it's could be going across a whole lot of different um uh, jurisdictions um Am I waffling? Am I got? I got a point. Let's have Peter and then Jordan. Yeah, I think there's something. There is something there. Uh, the I might, I might be taking a different direction, but the the big corporations they aren't democratic in the sense that democratic countries are, where everyone has a vote and everyone's vote counts the same. They're more like the non-representative democracies, where the 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 uh, like pre-reform act etc where we had the only the upper classes had a vote so anyone who was an earl or you know duke or you know, up, you know whatever the well, land, was, landowners which is the interesting thing yeah, had the vote and so, then the, the serfs didn't however you know there is still influence even though you haven't got a vote in a corporation you've probably got more influence than someone in a in a in a, a dictatorship because if you really don't like if 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 Know, Fluffy Bunnies Inc. started trading in weapons to North Korea. Are you really opposed to that ideologically? You'd leave, and mm. people would leave en masse. And if business and it would become unprofit, and business, yeah, prof- then someone else would quite easily come along and snap up your shares. Maybe that's true. Yeah, but you, but you, but you could. But, but the workers influence the corporations all the time by you know striking and uh, you know leaving and being disruptive or or just. Not doing what they're told, so you know you have you have quite a lot of influence because it's a smaller uh, pool of people than a big than a country. And um, and also it makes me realise that sort of how my how how I view because I'm a shareholder in a number of companies, but um, how I view myself as a as a voter in the UK and how I view myself as a shareholder in a bunch of companies, it's two very different things. And what I want from the that institution, and if I'm honest, from the sh- as a shareholder, the main thing I'm looking for is growth, right? Is yeah. growth. Well, you're, in a net, you're a net earner from your shares. You're probably a net, a net contributor with your taxes. True. Yeah. Um, and um, and okay, if they suddenly did start, you know, investing in horrible chemical, well, then yeah, I would di- disinvest. What's divest? I don't. I don't, th- I don't think this is any different. To I, I'm, I think I actually think we we the the ana- This is just making me think the analogy works even better. Really? Yeah, because look, let's assume for a minute that well, I think there is a discussion to be had about whether 
whether we as citizens are customers. Surely I want a broader range of things from the government. But sorry, go on. Yeah, but that's I mean, imagine it's just a it's like a news agent. It does lots of different things, right? Yeah. But the, there's a question of whether there are there sort we're sort of the customers and in some sense the constituents of you know GB PLC, yeah. right? But I think you know we our ownership of the government is. Make it makes sense as an analogy that your shareholders you're just saying you want growth, right? Yeah. Well, you don't actually. Why do you want growth? You want growth because you want money, yeah, you want profits. Out yeah, of it. You, you delegate your power to the CEO who delegates it to his management and their job. You don't really care what they do, it's a black box, but what comes out of it at the end of the day has to be money, yeah. Now, we delegate power to the government, this is the democratic sort of system, and we don't really care how they do it, but at the end of the day, we want welfare and prosperity and all of those things we want to have you know uh, less crime and a better more stable job market and all of those things that we expect the government somehow through its various primary and secondary legislation techniques to deliver right i don't think it's any different your relationship to a company your relationship to the government you sign a thing once every year or three years or four years and some things come back to you. Yeah, and get you benefit know, out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, what's the difference? No, well, surely the fact that one of them is... I think what I want from a company is fairly simple, and it's more or less one thing. Um, but what I want from a... Sod. <laughs> but what I want from my government... Is a ho- is, is, is way more complex. I think. I think. And although you simpl- well, if you simplify anything enough, two things become the same. Yeah. Well, but also, Nick, don't, aren't we getting I'm into the relationship? Well, hold on. Is the same. It's a no, delegation of power to no, deliver something to you. No. And also, isn't there? Are we also talking about rights and ownership as well? Is that's way more because that's a thing with government as well. I, I think, Jordan. Yeah. To go on the ownership thing a little bit is democracy entitles one citizen to one vote. But companies, like, shareholders have varying degrees of at stake of, of the company. And so, like, why should, and, like, employees have even, have even less. So, like, why, in a way, why should an employee who's not risking any of their own money have a disproportionately high vote in a corporation versus, like, the, the owners who have staked much more of their of, of their capital. Yeah, it doesn't really make. Yes, well done, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> In a season, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of true. It's like you know, like we, we, we all have different things to stand. We all have. We all stand to gain different things in a in a corporation. Yeah, I, I think the story the story here is well. something that Peter said, which was just thinking about the feudal system, and how in fact. It, the analogy is even more literal. I think going back to there, in as much as there was, let's say, votes or at least some sort of relationship of consent between your vassals and you as a king, um, who got to you know influence the king? Well, it was the people who literally owned the country. It was the earls who were the landowners in the country. It makes sense. They are like the shareholders of England because they own it. They literally own the land. That is England. And it makes sense that they get the say over what happens to it, right? And and actually, if you trace the sort of development of democracy, you know, it was a gradual yeah. formulation and formalization of that relationship into, well, now we're going to have votes. Yeah. It'd be better yeah. instead of just having this sort of nebulous influence if we just had direct voting for the people who are in power. OK, maybe not the sovereign, but, you know, the, the, the ministers. And lo and behold, who get to do it? Well, it's the landowners. 
for quite a long time. I think up until the late 19th century, if not be beyond, you had to own land um, in order to have a vote. And I feel like that kind of the whole enlightenment um, development of the idea of the government is actually there to serve you and there's a social contract between the citizens and the um, and the government is almost just a, a, a way of extending that relationship that was already there. The king is there to serve you as a vassal and that's why you give him your support. Um, you know, it's formalising that and extending it to everyone else in the country. But actually the relationship is the same. And it strikes me as it's still it's pretty similar to those of a shareholder, you know, you're and, and a firm. It's like, well, you're there to serve me. I own you, and um, you know, th- yeah, same. I th- so I think it it actually makes the analogy tighter to me, thinking about the way that you know we've moved towards this idea of kind of complete universal suffrage um, from a system where literally the owners, the owners of the actual land, got a say mm. to a situation where well we're all considered actually jointly to sort of own the country now but it's actually the relationship is pretty similar okay i mean i'm slightly lost now so um, what i'm saying is we've got a feudal system in well, our life because we've got three people who own it all and lo and behold we're the ones with all the power mm, um yeah you know it, if suddenly you know we had a 10 extra shareholders well it'd be a different story wouldn't it yeah so what you're saying at the moment is that um Aleph insight is in a feudal state and well, it's more and yes, it's like an yeah. advert. For, yeah, um, I'm not convinced. If if you're still saying that you think democracies and shareholders is 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 very similar, I still still don't feel quite right just because of the complexity right. well, that we let's, talked about. Let's draw a line of that. I think I want to. One thing we haven't discussed is why democracy is supposed to be good. Yeah. Good point. Actually, I, I forgot gonna, about that. I was, um, yeah, I was going to start sort of dipping into the value judgments of things. Mm. Oh, sorry. Well, there's a question of well, should business be more like government there's also kind of like a question of should government be a bit more like business and that's one that's often well, that of sounds like asked. tony blair or something um well yeah probably, probably it does sound a bit blair doesn't it yeah um but we, yeah we, but the both systems kind of work right you know people democracies countries tend towards democracy because it's sort of good for the citizens it's good for other countries around you and you you're able to trade and operate without beating each other up and then go and but businesses tend seem to have sort of coalesced around this the limited corporation of having shareholders um and public corporations where you have a more public uh, shareholdership but this idea of a smaller number of owners compared to number of employees seems to be where they've naturally kind of gone um now i would say that's probably emergent so it's probably a kind of natural sort of maxima mm. um but is there another maxima over the hill somewhere that we've not seen yet for businesses uh-huh. or for government? Uh-huh. I w- I've just put that out there as a question rather yeah. than anything concrete. I don't know what maxima means, but anyway. Um, Jordan. <laughs> um, well, I think, yeah, if we want to look at why what, what things that democracy is, is good at, hmm. um, I think most of the reasons that people seem to cite think uh, are reasons that uh, are things that relate to democracy as a political system not as something that is enacted by by businesses or firms um things like democracies don't fight one another as much as other forms of government yeah accountability and participation uh, are encouraged yes um they're more likely to be humane um and on the whole they take better decisions for example churchill and roosevelt made fewer mistakes than hitler and stalin um, and their casualty lists were far less. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, the, but these are all things. These are all government things. 
um, so they don't really necessarily apply to I, well, like, again, I think they do because a, a large, you know, a shareholder-owned firm, I think, is going to make fewer mistakes than one run by, you know, uh, entirely owned by a potentially unpredictable entrepreneur um, for the same reason. Any particular companies in mind, Nick? No. No. <laughs> but they're also they, – but I guess that comes into what democracy is maybe bad at, though. Um, and some of the things they're bad at uh, – some are making efficient decisions potentially yeah. because they have sort of endless elections. There's the potential for unqualified leaders to rise to yeah. prominent positions um, by virtue of the, wanting to do it enough. Yeah. yeah. Or just like, or, or, or funny electoral systems like an electoral college vote, for example. Um, and uh, uninformed voters as well is another yeah. one. So like people just voting for candidates to rise to leadership positions without maybe necessarily having the right qualifications. Mm. Um, and it kind of, it can potentially lead to short-term thinking over over. I would say that's goals. the big one is long-term planning, yeah. long-term goals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, the, so, uh, you know, to be honest, I feel like I've had a major insight here. Brilliant. Which is that... I have always in my head considered voting type behavior to be something totally different from owning type behavior. And I really, this has crystallized in my head that really they're the same thing. And that the reason we're a democracy is because we have gradually come to the conclusion that all the citizens own the government. We all collectively and equally own shares in the country. And you can do it a different way. You can have a family firm type country like North Korea. And that has all the benefits and drawbacks of a family firm type firm, um, which is at some point you might get a crap uh, leader. Um, you know, why have we done it that way? Well, probably because in the grand scheme of things, because it's very they're not very competitive countries. You know, they've got, there isn't really a, it's not marketized what it is that they do. It is to an extent in that you can move countries, but it's much harder than sort of buying a different brand of baked beans. Right. So. I think we have come to the conclusion that in the same way, reason that we have to regulate industries, we've decided to regulate government, you know, by giving it to everyone. And um, uh, and that seems to be better. I think we've concluded collectively that g giving everyone a share in the government is just a better system. It makes everyone equally unhappy. Well, yeah, but uh, but I mean, it, it, it does mean that you've got less risk of a kind of, you know, you, admittedly, you won't occasionally get an Alexander the Great, but you also won't get, a you know, uh, a Hitler or a Mao as often. So, um, <laughs> although to be fair, Hitler was democratically elected. So what do yeah, I yeah. know? But I think m much of what you said, I, I think I'd probably agree with. Um, so therefore, the question why, which we posed at the beginning, why aren't companies run more like democracies i think more or less we asked that the answer is well actually they they they, they are more than we think um is what we there's nothing discovered. stopping you setting up a worker-owned company i mean and, and uh, from what i've looked at the evidence is that they're not significantly better or worse but i think the the point is that but even the ones that aren't are still have got a lot of a lot of similarities yeah but i suppose what i'm saying is it's not actually better or worse or right or wrong Democracy is what you get when the employees own the own the company and you don't get a democracy when that's not the case, right? It's not like, okay, there's ownership structure over here and then there's this totally separate thing of political structure. They're the same thing mm. yeah, in right. both governments and firms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we need to stop there. Um, before we do, I want to ask a question, but I, actually I don't know what question to ask. Um, okay, so here's one. Okay. If we didn't, we're lucky enough actually, not all listeners might be, but we're lucky enough to live in a, 
liberal democracy. You're deluded. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but if you didn't, yeah. what kind of system would you want to live in? Uh, nice and interesting. It depends on who you are in that ah, system. Well, let's take a Rawlsian view that you don't know. You've got to roll the dice. Ooh. And it's weighted by the proportion of people in that. So I can't change the people who are living there. Oh, well, now, I mean, you can say you want to live in an autocracy, but you've only got a one in a 10 million chance you'll be the autocrat. Okay. That's all. Um, has anyone... Yeah, well, I've got... Go for it. I would... If, if, if people were people... A sort of ultra socialist society would be ideal because it'd be sort of fairest and that aligns with my values. But actually, I quite like the idea of a meritocratic dictatorship um, where you know the best person to run the country runs the country, kind of irrespective of if they want to or not. My aunts, yeah, oh. yeah. You're compelled. You're compelled, compelled to by, be by the, a sense of duty, but also by your, you know, your your uh, capacity. So, I mean, there's still room for politicking in that sort of thing because you can hide your thing under a bushel uh, or you can sort of over-promote yourself. But it, it, you, you go through a test to get any kind of political Some job. Some kind of brain scan. You would have a test. You, you know, there's competency required. It always mm. starts with Peter's vision. It'll start sounding nice and then it turns into a Black Mirror-esque techno yeah, nightmare. You, you're being <laughs> ushered in some sort of scan. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, it's fine. Yeah, well, congratulations. You've passed. You're now king. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We 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 predicted three generations out. Yeah. That, yeah, on your tenth birthday, you're going to be yeah. crowned. Yeah. Um, my answer is, I don't know if it is a political system. I don't quite have the words for it, but is I I'd, I'd I'd want to live in a tribe. Okay. Mm. And whatever system comes out of that. So let's say we have a tribe of up to a hundred people. Okay. Well, I think it'd be that, a collective. It would be collectivist a, sort of. Yeah. yeah kind of anarcho syndicalist. Yeah. Would it be would all the decisions be made collectively? I think so, yeah. Right. And it would be a sort of um we've got our elders, we've got our so we've got the tribal leaders, we've got our fighters, we've got our shaman over there. Um You'd never get anything done just sitting around chatting about everything. Well that sounds great. Mm. You know, yeah, but I mean be... if if it's truly collect you don't have you're not gonna have status and stuff. I mean that's an anarchist sort of vision of how yeah, society should work. I guess work. it is in a way. And isn't if it? you don't have a government type institution or, or or the equivalent, then yeah, you're you're essentially an anarchist. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of each to their own sort of um skills and so on. So you need a parliament building big enough to house sixty odd million people. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. But this <laughs> have a chat. But but there's only a hundred people in my tribe. Yeah. There's only a hundred people in your tribe. And yeah. then what but what happens if the next tribe starts stealing your water? Well that's the best no, that's the best bit because you that's because we're such because we're a tribe, we're together. And it'll just be like dances with wolves, right? Yeah, but who's organising well, the military training? How are you going to pay for the materials? The fighters. I mean, yeah, but then you start saying, well, okay, now we're going to have to have terms of service and who's yeah. monitoring that. Suddenly you need an administrative yeah. class. And what happens if the fighters it, don't want to be fighters? Yeah, you know? and right, so the whole thing descends well, well, no, into No, no, fortunately, a, all of us, because it's so direct and, and immediate, is, is these sort of... Um, um, conceptual um, issues and problems you're talking about easily get dissipated because we're also connected, invested right. with our little like tribe. Like a hive mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan. I think, yeah, some kind of communist utopia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone drives uh, the same car and has yeah, the same job and wears yeah. the same clothes. But everyone's really happy and, yeah, just there's no sort of, <laughs> there's none of the problems and flaws that have existed whenever so communism but somehow fixed yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. i think that's a good answer have yeah. another go we'll just yeah. just yeah we learned a few lessons last time let's yeah. just yeah, line yeah, out yeah. wrinkles and have another go yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick? Oh, feudal, medieval feudal system, I think. I, I, Even if you're at the bottom of that pile. I reckon, yeah. Because the, the advantage of my tribal system and, and yeah. also of Jordan's communist system, like, and maybe yours because it's meritocratic, is you're okay in that society no matter where you are. Have theory. you got knights wearing armour, though? Yes. Oh, oh, what do I do? No, 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 I don't. I don't. No, your system's not, that's, that's what I want. But what if, <laughs> what if you're a serf on the end of a lance that's on the end of a knight in armour? Well, at least you get to go. I mean, look, even being go, oh, drafted, that's, that's into, nice. drafted into, you know, the local lord's army and go off to France every every sort of five years or something, oh, yeah. you know, have a few scraps, come back with a few, uh, you know, bits of loot. Um, a few bits of limb missing. Just a more, it, it's a, it's, it's clearly a, a much better, age. yeah, and everyone knows their place. Dead of, dead of an infection <laughs> at the age of twenty-seven, brilliant. <laughs> and all those, I, but also kings, and yeah. you know, and maidens, and towers, and castles, and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be cool. And also, what I like about yours is there's an element of the gambler about what you're saying, because although I'm saying, hey, but what if you're a serf? Well, what if you're a prince? And what if you're what if you're what if you're a fair maiden? What if you're a king? Yeah. Then the feudal system is brilliant, surely. Yeah. So, so yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Um, let's stop there. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Jordan Fermanis, Nick Hare, and Peter Cockhill of Aleph Insights. And so next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.